Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Wherever you are in the world, thank you for tuning in to our 20th official episode of The Booth with your boy Isaiah and only your boy Isaiah. We have a special guest today. I think you guys know her more for her Instagram name, but we will give her full name today. Fit Nurse Megan, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. So, if you guys, uh, I got to tell you how I know Megan. You know how we are as millennials. Half the time that we actually think we know somebody, we only know them from Instagram. So, I only met Megan, what, maybe four months ago in person. And if we had been friends on Facebook, I'd say, for the last four or five years. And obviously, you kind of see people's posts over time. And one day, I actually saw a post from Megan, and she was in the hospital. And even though we had never met, I was wondering you know, if she was okay, what was going on, and, and reached out to her. And to this day, I never really got to know exactly what happened. And she's, you know, studying nursing, and she's in the gym basically 24-7, if you guys have ever seen her, her Instagram. So she's doing pretty well for herself. But I wanted to ask you exactly if you wouldn't mind elaborating on what that experience was like being, uh, being in the hospital. So I'll keep it short and sweet, but like basically it. two years ago, so on October 21st, I was in the hospital and I had surgery for a ruptured appendix. Um, it's something that's been ongoing for a while. Um, I had been in the hospital three months prior with the same pain and they said it was nothing. So when I went to the hospital that October, I was very hesitant about going because like usual, I was kind of expecting them to say it's nothing. It's no big deal. You can go home. Here's some antibiotics. Right. You just don't want to hear the actual news. Sometimes. No. So, like, when they came down that night and told me that, like, surgeons are coming down, they're going to bring me up to surgery, I was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> yeah, I was I'm kind of kidding. in shock. I'm like, are you sure? Because several times they've told me it was nothing. Right. So, that happened. And I think that was probably, like, the scariest moment of my life because I had kind of had, like, 30 minutes to, like, process what was going on. and. So, it was basically an, emer it was an emergency thing. When you got yeah. there, they were like, okay, ruptured appendix, you need to get, uh, we need to get you under the knife right away. Exactly. So, I had gone to stack care that morning and they sent me to the hospital right away. That's when I knew it was like, okay, this is not, like, just gastro or whatever. Okay. And I had gone to the hospital at 8 o'clock that morning and I think... 10 p.m. that evening I had been brought up to surgery and what was supposed to be like usually like a typical 45 minute procedure it's something they do like basically every single day it's routine for them had taken I had been in there for about three hours okay so three hours in total for from start to finish from start to finish okay so it was a quick in and out procedure but you had to stay there how long I know it was a three-hour procedure but I'm guessing, obviously, you didn't go home right away. So I had some complications during surgery, so I had stayed in the hospital for about 10 days. Um, the CAT scans weren't as accurate as they had hoped, so it was when they opened me up, it was much worse than they, they had anticipated. Oh, wow. Um, the doctor I had, had been, was a very highly skilled transplant surgeon who was on call that night, so he was operating on me, and he said he's never seen anything like this before. Really? And he, he usually treats people with kidney and liver failure okay holy crap so basically it was it was uh it was a miracle almost that like it really was wow. it really was so i know that obviously those 10 days that must have been some of the longest 10 10 days that you've ever had to 10 minute day stretch that you've ever experienced but i feel like that experience was probably the most important experience in your life and i was wondering if that experience now motivated you to study nursing because now you're a nurse and you yourself are going to be on the flip side of that someone might be coming in for a ruptured appendix and now you have to be that person to treat them so why is it that you now want to be on the other side 
Um, I would say yes and no to that question because I had been in the hospital in and out since I was a young kid. I've had been seen by sur- orthopedic surgeons and all this kind of crap. And I had been, since little, I've been really wanting to go into medical school, but I had really bad experiences with doctors and in general and I just didn't want to and I told myself I just didn't want to end up like they did because some of them were like real assholes okay but I had a lot of nurses that like I really just like connected with and like they comforted me so seeing how they acted and how they treated how they treated me I was like I want to be like them and I think having that experience in the hospital kind of just like enhanced it even more I'm like I love this like I love what they're doing like even though I'm like semi-unconscious like so you had that feeling before but you feel like that was the that was the over the edge point where now no it really was okay because okay. being out of school for I had I was out of school for the rest of the semester yeah, so I'm like not, not being in school kind of like made me realize like how much I wanted it okay so. wow so almost a blessing in disguise because it seems it really to have is. like strengthened your resolve right so I'm sure that not only did you find a passion for nursing and and medicine mm-hmm. and all of that you're also very active in the gym so. Was that also coinciding with what happened in the hospital as well? Did that passion for exercise and workout happen after that incident as well? It kind of pushed me even harder to work harder in the gym, but I had always been a very active kid. I was, I did dance for 15 years. I stopped when I was 18. Okay. Um, So I had always been like very disciplined and had like a routine and was really like into like taking care of myself and taking care of my body. So once I was in the hospital and like I was kind of like confined to a bed, I had lost a lot of weight and I just really didn't like the way I was looking. So the moment I was clear to like start exercising again, I was like on top of it and I just really wanted to get back into the shape I was before. Okay. Wow. So I got a question for you because you're obviously into athletics. I see you a lot at the Montreal Alouettes games and whatnot. Can you elaborate a little bit of uh, what you're always doing there at the games? Are you working with players what uh, are you just a fan i was just wondering i actually work for the team oh wow yeah so i work with the boutique des alouettes so during games we have like boutiques in the stadium set up and i sell jerseys i sell merchandise so i've been there for the last three years and i really love it okay i think it's like the energy in the stadium that like really gets to me like the last two seasons have been a little rough but we're doing like really really well now and i think that's like really like putting people in a good mood and you know seeing people excited about something really like makes me happy that's awesome someone that's representing for the alouettes i can respect that i have a question for you though as a a so-called medical professional okay so marijuana has been legalized for a little over a year now or close to and uh, yeah close to it's been been almost exactly a year and my question for you and uh all your medical expertise Mm -hmm. is what do you and the medical community what is i guess the popular opinion about marijuana in in your field of work so i've kind of dealt with like two different extremes of patients i've dealt a lot with um premature babies or babies born to addiction and then i've dealt with elderly patients with very old school values okay so um with regards to the pediatric population like i it's not something like that we really like talk about because it's not really parents are not really like comfortable but with like even the older population like some of them are, like, really, really open to it. Like, I would say my dad. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm open to talking about this stuff with him. But cool. some of the older people. It's a little bit of a tougher a tougher sell. Some of them are f- totally for it. And some of them are, like, Deathly against don't it. like it because they never tried it. And they're just 
they just like taking what they're comfortable with Mm -hmm. but for me like i myself take it for chronic pain and i think it's like fabulous chronic pain and only chronic pain yeah and anxiety sometimes but okay no it's really really nice it's because like i've had like bad experiences with like i see like a pain specialist so like they've given me medications and i'm just very like i'm very iffy on it because i know some of these are very highly addictive and i'm just scared no i hey i completely understand it has like the side effects are like pretty bad as well so i'm not really comfortable i mean we uh when you look at a commercial when you talk about marijuana and then let's say um you know all of these pain medications that are being prescribed by doctors and pharmaceutical companies when you see those commercials where it's like sertofenex please don't use this because of this 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 and they name you 200 possible side effects and they're running it off super quickly i think it's 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 nice to see that i think from the outside anyway looking in as not someone who's in that field but i think that public opinion is shifting a bit more when you're seeing kids who have epilepsy and different things like that because as a lifeguard i saw a couple seizures in, they in actually my use life. CBD oil for epilepsy. Yeah, it's amazing. Exactly, what it does. because I've seen videos of kids who do suffer from that, and they use the CBD oil to then help seize those seizures. And if you can find a way to help a kid not experience that pain without having to drug them up on all of these excessive pills and different things like that, I think that that personally is uh, a more effective way to go I about it. I think people are just not educated enough on it because they think like CBD oil, they uh, they automatically think it's going to get them high, but the truth is that like CBD oil has no THC in it at all, so right. it's not going to get you high. So I, I don't know why people think that, but I think it's just like people have their negative opinions on it just because they don't have enough information about it, and I think that's something that the public, the, these like pharmaceutical, not even pharmaceutical companies, but like people in general should be like making like more giving out more information on it so people could be more educated you know and i i think it's uh, it's tough to do because it's still such a brand new a brand new sector right it's like they haven't even really necessarily started doing the edibles and different things like that so i think um it's hard for as much as it's legal and everything i think that people feel that it was uh, a mistake in the sense that most people aren't using it for chronic pain and different things like that it's like oh yeah my chronic pain is that i I haven't smoked in four hours you know like that's how a lot of people a lot of people are so i can understand how some people can be on the other side of that fence but again it anything can be abused right because no i agree with you for sure all of these pills you see people are ending up getting addicted to those so i think that it's a it's anything could be like anything can be addictive it's just like learning how to do things in moderation like especially with like weed people are like oh i'm not gonna take like something get addicted to it oh i'm not gonna like take painkillers like because i'm getting addicted to it i've seen people get addicted to heart medication i've seen people get addicted to like diabetes medication like it's it's just a matter of like knowing your limits and knowing like when to like kind of cut it i see i have a question for you since you work with the alouettes and, and, I, and we were talking about chronic pain i kind of wanted to stick on this subject because you're uh you're an expert so <laughs> You work with football players, okay? And we know that football players have some of the most devastating injuries, right? Yes. So, as your, from your opinion, as a trainee in nursing and someone who's around players who are getting battered and bruised all the time, do you think that alternative methods of medicine are better for these, for these guys? That's a tricky question to answer. I've okay. seen, honestly, like these football players that I work with, they're some of the toughest people 
and the hardest working people I've ever seen before. Like I've seen guys play with broken arms. Like I've for sure. We've had a guy. I think I'm not sure if it was last year, but one of the guys broke his arm, and literally every game he would take his cast off and play, and then they would put the cast back on. Yeah, I know. They would get like they would get honestly. They're tougher than soccer players. I think soccer players are a little dramatic. No kidding. I would say a football player is definitely tougher than a soccer player. So like player. when they get when they get hit, they get hit no hard, hit on and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're they're amazing athletes. I just find like that football players like when they're getting like battered and bruised. Like, I mean, these guys get tossed around. They like they jump over guys. They get like flipped over upside down, and they still manage to get back up and continue playing. But. As for like alternative medicine, I think for them they just like they need to get healed like faster just because they want to be able to play the next game. And I think alternative medicine has its pros, but with regards to like getting better fast, it is like more it does take longer for alternative medicine to kind of like help them out. So I know that the main concern, obviously, right, is getting them back on the field. They want to get them back out as soon as, as fast possible. As possible, but I. I'm asking in terms of a long-term perspective. Long-term? Now when we're looking at football players now, I'm having this conversation with you because you're around football players yeah. a lot. You see that at, at 40 and 50, the quality of life for what a lot of... What football player plays at 50? Not, oh, no, no. I mean, they're not playing at 50. I'm saying once they turn 40 <laughs> <Okay>. and 50. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. But, um, yeah. But, uh, no, not a Tom Brady fan. I hate the Patriots. Same Go here. Cowboys. All right, so... Once they get to that age, you see a lot of them are having trouble walking, trouble talking, almost like a boxer after a boxer has a long and lengthy career. Too many hits to the head, too many hits to the brain. After so many years, it starts to have its effect. And all that long-term you know, painkiller use, a lot of them are unfortunately addicted to that. Do you think that in a long-term perspective that the concern should be using different methods to ensure that once they get older, they're not dealing with that kind of pain? Or is there no way to really to really get ar- around that? I mean, you're getting hit for a living. Do you think that that's something that they just have to kind of I mean, with? if you don't want to have trouble walking or, like, problems with, like, brain damage, don't then don't play football. Because yep. <laughs> I think it's, like, when they are when they get injured and when they're trying to, like, in re- they're in recovery to get back on the field as soon as possible, I don't think they're thinking of long-term and what's going to happen to them in 10 years. No, probably not. I think they're more focused on, like, right now and, like, what's going to happen for the and next winning game. winning the game. No, for sure. But I think there are, like, some methods that they could start using to, like, not, like, I'm not going to say, like, prevent concussions, but, like, healing methods, like, right. that they could use alongside, like, standard, like, medical treatment that could help them in the long run. But I think for them it's more short term and, like, next week and this week and tomorrow, how they're going to feel. No, that's a good point. But the NFL doesn't even allow them to smoke. Right, it's uh, that's why we have Stephen A. Smith always going on about stay off the weed. Right, I think that <laughs> personally, I think that that's ridiculous. What do you I, like? I don't think that weed should be banned, especially if we want to talk about all the meds that they're already giving them. At least let them use marijuana for actual chronic pain because Honestly, they definitely have chronic pain all the time. Marijuana is good for chronic pain, but like I think for them, like NFL, CFO, like. I think the harder drugs are something that like should be like banned for sure. Like I agree on it because. I mean, I could say a lot of stuff. I just, I don't want to get in trouble here. Nope, nope, no problem. Nope. <laughs> I like my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep your job. Keep your job. Say what you can. <laughs> no, I'm going to. No, but like, I think marijuana for sure is totally fine. But because like, it doesn't have, I mean, with regard, if like they abuse it, obviously, like in their driving, like it's stupid. Like of don't course. do that. But like cocaine and ecstasy and voids, which I've heard 
is something that is a bit of an issue, like performance enhancement drugs. But I mean, like, these sports, guys are fully, these guys are fully like knowledgeable on like what they're taking and it's their mm-hmm. body. So they know what their limits are. But yeah, some of them are just stupid. <laughs> okay. I like that. So I have a question for you. Okay. Still regarding football, since clearly you are quite the football fan. Football I have to the family. Okay. So what do you think about what's been going on with Antonio Brown? Okay. Honest opinion. Do you think that he deserved to have all of his, well, basically he lost out on what? $29, $30 million this A year? A lot of money. He's getting paid like 190k. That's it. So, do you think that even though, in my opinion, he did act a fool, obviously, and there was definitely some type of collusion going on behind the scenes, do you think that he deserved to have all of his money uh, taken away from him for 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 what he did? Not at all. Not at all. Because it's I find the timing is kind of weird. Like all these girls like speaking out about like things that he did to them in college and like all these abuse trainers and whatnot, the abuse allegations and stuff like that. I just think the timing is kind of weird with it because I don't know how, how old is he. Like, he's in his, like, late 20s. Late 20s. So, yeah. to think, in, U- in the U.S., you graduate college at, like, 21. So, this was could have been at least, like, a little bit less than 10 years ago. And they had all this time to, like, speak out about it. But now that, like, he's making a name for himself, now they choose to right. speak out. So, it's kind right. of, I find it's kind of weird. Like, if you, if this happened, like, why didn't you talk about it when it mm-hmm. happened, you know? I know it's, like, hard for some girls to, like, I know myself, it's hard for some girls to, like, kind of, like, open up about these kinds of, of topics. Course. But, I mean. But there's a, it's a, it's. As his career, like, I don't wish bad upon anyone, no. especially when it comes, like, you could do, I'm the kind of person, you could do, like, all the wrong you want to me, but, like, I'm still not going to wish you, like, the worst. Harm on the other side. Especially, like, when it's this guy's career, like, I don't know what his, like backup plan is i mean you just ruined his career he can't play fo- he's, he doesn't want to play football anymore he, i think on twitter he said he doesn't want to play in the nfl yeah like, they i just think that's screwed what he him said. over completely yeah and when it comes to like the allegations i'm in agreement with you about the timing and it's tough because you don't want to obviously dismiss the allegations because at all at all but like it's something like, that should be addressed of but course. i think it's something that should have been addressed like a but, while back but exactly and, and not only that though there have been no criminal charges actually put towards him not correct there's no there's no criminal charges right so if there's no legal proceeding but i think the nfl takes something like this very seriously like right. even if there are no criminal charges i think they still like were intending on suspending him or releasing him and i don't think like the teams that were gonna sign him like wanted something like this to like back like hit them in the face and like kind of screw them over in the long run especially a team like the patriots but but how many jobs do you know where if you're not even actually convicted of something or proven guilty of something, you lose your job on, on simply allegations. How many jobs do you have? Because in in the regular workplace, you can't just fire somebody based off of allegations. At all. I think right? that's I think it's something like the Patriots like made a mistake of doing. Like he's like honestly, he's one of the best players like in his position. Obviously. But I don't think, like, it's something that should have been done because nothing was proven yet. Exactly. I mean, these girls, honestly, I don't want to, like, sound bad saying it. Like, yeah, these girls might have, like, gone through something, but, like, how do you know it actually happened? That's why there needs to be an investigation. And it needs, a true like, I think it's something that, need to, that needed to be investigated before actually, like, going through. They could have, the least they could have done was suspend him. Yeah, and keep him on the team. Exactly. Like, any, 
or you right you suspend someone indefinitely or like what they do in regular workplaces you're on administrative leave or Ex- whatever well, you mean you can't go on administrative leave with like football but no, like, they could have like not. benched him <laughs> they could have like kept him he could have still kept training but he just shouldn't have like been playing games until like this was all cleared up because now by doing this like you ruined his reputation he his career is basically over like what yeah, team is going to want to sign him now doesn't look good I'm not, like, trying to say that, like, these girls are, like, kind of lying about it, but I think it's something that could have been addressed, like, sooner okay. rather than now. And now that, like, he's, like, a big name in the sport, now you want to, like, talk about it and kind of, like... That's what makes these stories and, unfortunately, makes it hard to validate a lot of these issues because why is it that even if it did happen, unfortunately, it comes out at a time where... There are so many significant moves that are and controversial moves that he had made that got a lot of people upset, and it seemed like such a, a almost perfect timing for these kinds of negative stories and these negative accusations. And it's not only him; like it. I think it, with uh, professional athletes in general, like there could be like several more players that like this is happening to, and it's just like it's because it's Antonio Brown. It's like right, the right. end of the world, you know. But still. I, I'm in agreement. But I do think that. When it comes to professional sports, especially if you look at it, you're clearly a sports person. If you look at NCAA and different things like that, it's it's ridiculous how, let's say if Robert Kraft, right? If mm-hmm. we really want to talk about someone and allegations, oh okay? Good old Rob was having a good old time at, uh, you know. Um, and Brock Turner. Yeah, okay, and there you go. So when you bring up, and I want to keep it more in just the NFL, though, because He's the guy who, quote-unquote, let Antonio Brown go, right? But, hey, if he doesn't want to play NFL, he can come over to CFL and be like Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Johnny Man- is Johnny's, He's playing over here in Montreal. No, right? he's not anymore. He not got anymore? released. He got released? Oh, jeez. Johnny. He, he got released and played, signed with the uh, AFL, AAF. I'm not even sure what it is what anymore. What happened to it's Johnny not, Football, man? Uh, he doesn't play anymore because that league folded, so. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Well, I have one more question for you, Megan, and then we're going to let you go. I really appreciate your time so far, but I want to ask one more thing of you, okay? You're studying to be a nurse, Yeah. okay? Now, a lot of us study things. A lot of us are working towards things, and we might enjoy doing it. We might really enjoy doing it, but it might not necessarily be your passion. Is nursing something that you feel is your ultimate passion, is something that you feel like you will be very much satisfied and and, and really fulfilled by by doing that yes um but i'm not trying to go in like the whole like traditional like nursing route and like working in a hospital like yeah i mean like the first few years it's what i do because like i intend on like going to school and getting my master's but my whole plan is actually to work with a professional sports team Mm. um sports like i had uncles who played football like it's kind of like runs in the family so i had a plan of like I really want to go to Miguel. Miguel has a program where you can do your Bachelor of Science in Nursing and then major in Kinesiology as well and do, like, sports medicine so I can work with a pro sports team. Mm. That's why, like, I'm still with the Alouettes because it's kind of, like, helping me, like, get my foot in the door and kind of, like, continue that for me. But the big dream is NFL. NFL. And be, uh, like, someone that's working with injuries, someone that's... Yeah, exactly. So, like, after college, I'd probably work in, like, emergency medicine or orthopedic surgery because a lot of the injuries that we do see in football are a lot, like, a lot of ACL tears, a lot of concussions. So, really, like, focusing on that. So, when I eventually end up getting a job with the sport, like, a football team, ideally, I'd be, like, more... I have, like, a more knowledge on that and be able to help them. Okay. So, guys, this is future NFL nurse Megan in the booth.
Okay, Megan, thank you so I much. Even, I don't even know if it's a legitimate position, but <laughs> I think I'll make. I'll be the first one in that position. I made it then. up. Okay, I made it up. So I Megan, like thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your uh, your devotion to you know your craft, and you already have a goal for yourself. So hope that you achieve it. So thank you for having me. Keep it up. So guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the booth. Thank you guys for your support throughout this journey. As I say, follow us on Instagram. Check us out on iTunes, Apple platform, and we're going to try to get it on Spotify as soon as possible for you Android guys out there. Okay? Thank you. Have a great Friday.